Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hi, it's Kylie. And it's Eva. Welcome to Hello Universe. Oh, I'm impressed that jet lag Eva still busted <laughs> out with the sounds. I know, and hand motions. I was doing an air horn. That's true. For people That's who true. Can't see. I was going to give you the path. I was going to let you off the hook because <laughs> you are very jet lagged and you still rallied for, for our is, listeners. This is how much I love the show. Oh, oh, me too. My heart is like already, um, oh, my heart is already just feeling so warm. Yeah. So it's been a minute, friends. So hi. Um, this will be Kylie and I have already predetermined this might be a sleepy episode because we've just been we're both <laughs> Kylie is at the end or at the beginning of a launch I have jet lag because I just got back to the states uh and we've both been yawning but we are also both so excited to be here because oh, we have a lot exciting. of catching up to do yeah yeah right because there were a bunch of times when you were away between I got sick. You got COVID. Mm-hmm. There was like a million times that we had to cancel. So I feel like even like normally I talk to you for like three hours every week. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> it's been much less frequent. And uh, my heart is uh, very happy to be. Yeah. Sitting with yeah. You. And I think I'm just going through a huge transition. Like it's been ongoing, but I feel like it's a lot of change happening and routine and is just like not my game right now. Mm. So yeah, and I'm sure we'll dig yeah. into that. But before we do that, uh, because I have all this transitioning, I don't have anything to promote. I want to hand the mic to you so you can share with our amazing audience. I do have something very cool. Yeah. It doesn't have a date yet, although by the time this airs, perhaps it will, which is um, I'm doing a, I'm hosting a workshop called Entering Your Villain Era. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And yes. I am so jazzed for it, guys. I have been collecting memes to promote this workshop for a long oh, time. I'm sure there's so many good memes out it there. It is the only thing on my computer organized is the Enter Your Villain Era <laughs> meme promotion folder. Oh my god, so good. I mean, you should throw you should like do the workshop just for the memes, really, because that's yeah, how truly, it is. truly maybe that's the pro- that's like the real like yes, I am so jazz like they literally are like collect i'm not even lying they're like collected by like sub theme within this oh i know i get it um yeah i'm super jazzed i'm doing it with my pal liz simpson and uh the whole idea is just um yeah wouldn't it be nice to just like shed off the good girl skin you know Mm. all the ways in which we feel pressure to perform pressure to be good the kind of worrying sense of like is this the right choice or is that the right choice right like Mm. a lot of it comes from this fear of being wrong or bad or perceived as bad and so like she's fucking through a party and like be a villain so we're all gonna enter our villain era together the title really says it all like i get it i when the minute you said i was like oh like yeah yeah this is gonna be so great and you and liz like i think this is kind of like your wheel of your wheelhouse (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's a version i think of also so much of what we talk about which is like uh gosh what is it you can't do it right because there's always going to be some other version mm-hmm. right that could be better and also the monster 
yeah. like you know the monster stuff yeah that yeah. exactly exactly it's a it's it's all in the same thing but uh there's a bunch of great songs we can also play that are about mm. the villain era <laughs> i'm just really in it for the social media yeah. at this point <laughs> i'll be wearing my disney villain pants when i host it uh no i can feel the energy of this it's like yeah. It feels very liberating, very fun, very badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is what all of us are. So we I just, you know, this is like a little dose to, of remembering that. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, if I don't, you might have, there might be a date. So click, look at the, check out the show notes or like check out my social media. Just message me, just DM yeah. me on Instagram and I will give you the information. Yeah. That's Go the type of we're running folks. over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I can, there's no depth to like how much we can go into our villain era and that's something that i'm it's like a skin that we are always shedding so i just love it yeah i'm 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 super jazz i i am super jazz so um come join us for that um and i don't know i have other big things coming on the pike but that's that's the main thing for right now that i'm excited about i can't wait to see all the memes (laughs) yes i'll just tag you in all of them yeah um yeah and other than that i'm just pumped to be in your space and see you and just yeah well why don't we give the folks an update um i uh i actually i'm often concerned that like uh the chronicle the chronological order of our podcast make no fucking sense because we record in this weird way <laughs> where time isn't real and we're reinforcing so, it but that's true because we dropped the kylie and eva episodes like basically within a week of recording them yes, yes. but the guest episodes are sometimes months later so yeah. if you are ever confused the kylie and eva episodes are like canon time <laughs> and the guest episodes are like you know have like leapt back and back to the future style. exactly yes so right now, um, you know, I'm going through this journey of like you know, a breakup, moving all my shit into storage, going to Taiwan, coming now I'm back in Portland. Now I'm going on this road trip. Um, and then like, I'm going to be talking about that. And then next week, we're probably going to have an episode from like the summer <laughs> <laughs> in which I was actually like just going through my breakup. So if it's confusing to anybody, uh, you should be confused. That's why. Oh my God. That's. Great. I had never, I hadn't thought of that because uh you know up until recently it's like relatively static but yeah now your life is in so much transition that's all extra dose of nonsense. Yeah. I kind yeah. of love it. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um So yeah. right now you are in Portland. You're in Portland? Yes, I'm currently. Yes, I'm, I'm in Portland. I have some dear friends that I'm staying with who are just been so gracious because I've had to like repack all my sh- I've like it's just been repacking all my shit. Like I'm packing up all my whole life into my like car, which means I have just a bunch of stuff just like exploded all over their basement. And they've just been so mm. cool about it, which is like, ugh. good. I friends. feel like you would, you're a very good house guest. I'm just going to go ahead and guess. That I do try to be, I do, I do, I do. Actually, I would say that the bigger problem is I think I sometimes can be too polite. I don't know if you've mm. ever played that game of like, and I know yes. that's actually not helpful, but it's like, it's, anyway, it's just something that I've been thinking about. Sometimes it's just easier to be direct and be like, hey, I need this. Can you give me this? Or I need help with this. Mm-hmm. But instead I go like, no, no, no. I'm like, so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I try to like make myself as invisible as possible because <laughs> I don't want to be in the way. Yes. Yes. Which, yeah, it is. I mean, I remember when my college roomie Ray came and stayed with us 
essentially for a month, they had turned their car into a little like cozy bed nook. And so they were here for a month, but also had their own place to sleep. And uh, part of the reason why, which worked spectacularly. And part of that was because Nick and Ray are good friends. Mm. But part of that was also because Ray was in the beginning was just like very, very, we're we're both really straightforward people. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Okay, tell me if I do something and like I won't notice, for example, you will notice first if your husband is annoyed, right? Yeah. Like so yeah. there was just a lot of like explicit invitation to be frank in the beginning that I think I just think I think that's the best way to be. Yeah. Guests yeah, or totally. friends, really. Yeah, exactly, or a human, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um and so when do you leave for your big driving escapade? Es- Escapade? Yeah, escapade? escapade. Um, today is what day is it today? When Thursday. Today's Thursday. Thursday. Yes, today's Thursday. I'm leaving on Saturday. So the day after tomorrow. So I oh, still have like that. a bunch of stuff to pack. Are you driving a U-Haul? Are you dragging a U-Haul? Are no, you just no putting U-Haul. Stuff in it's your car? All... Okay. So because once I get to Texas, I'm living in this airstream trailer. So a lot of this is Correct. about like simplifying my life because it's gonna mm-hmm. be a much smaller space. Um what are you doing I, with all your plans? I still think I have too much shit, by the way. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like, yeah. that's why, oh yeah, that's why I want to do an episode about stuff at some point, because mm. it's, I'm always just thinking about my, my relationship to stuff. But, um, well, like a psycho plant lady, I'm bringing more of my plants to, to Austin. I mean, I, yeah, that's what I would expect, but do they all fit? That no, I've goes- had to like, I've had to, I had to sell a whole bunch of them when I was packing up or when I was like, you know putting all my stuff into storage that whole process of like breaking up and then like putting everything in storage was so fucking grueling and I just I was like so rushed and I had to like just give some away it was just so willy-nilly and I wanted to like find them all a good home but it was just all mm. such a clusterfuck by the end that like it was yeah real real messy so like they did eventually all find homes uh and yeah, I kind of, yeah, I'm happy to bring some of my plants. I just need to figure mm-hmm. out how to keep them alive in the winter, in the car, overnight when it's really, really cold. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that actually until until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm leaving on Saturday and I'm really excited. I feel surprisingly ready. Yeah even though I also have all these nerves about driving, which I think I've talked about before. Um, this might, and you know what, you know, whatever. This is what I would say to you. So I'll just say it to the podcast and just be open about it. Honestly, my biggest concern right now is that I was supposed to start my bleed like at an earlier this week and mm-hmm. it hasn't started yet. And I'm, that's like the thing that's most stressful because I do day one and two of my period I'm basically oh you're like, out of commission I'm super yeah. out of commission and like driving I would do, I feel like I will not be a safe driver on the road mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how bad it gets so but you know what I'm just gonna let my body maybe my body has some sort of inter- mm-hmm. higher intelligence than me and let it do its thing but honestly that could like fuck everything up it's just gonna suck that my if my I'm on my period the whole time I'm on this road trip um I don't know if this is helpful but uh Liz once said something really great to me, which was, um, she was like, I decided a while ago that I bleed when I'm ready to release. Like when I'm ready to release, my body processes mm-hmm. it through, you know, my bleed. And so I don't, um, 
And so like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about being attached to like linear time. Mm. And ever since then I have watched, I have kind of observed that cycle for me. I'm still pretty like 28 days, give or, you know, give or take with a few kind of notable exceptions, but I have actually watched that happen. And maybe it's the power of like that magic being invited in and me being like, Oh yeah, that sounds fun. I want that more Mm -hmm. than I want (laughs) anyway. But if, if that is also a kind of truth for you, it feels like it would make a certain kind of sense that like upon moving your body would be like, Oh, okay. Like we're, we're in transition. We're like, or, or we've arrived and like now we can shed whatever. I I mean, I love this. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I mean, you're gifting me and Liz, you know, both of you together gifting me something really great because yeah, you know what? I, I don't like, t- I often talk about my period, like it's this burdensome thing. And I you know I, I would yeah. like to change my narrative around that just because I have like um, challenging bleeds. But, I, and I also, I think because I get so tired and it just knocks me out, I always um, meet them so trepidatiously, like, oh, like, wow, you know, like this is going to be awful. Mm. I have just this really like, um, what do you call that in therapy where it's like this catastrophic or there's like oh catastrophizing yes is that exactly the word? Yeah. yes catastrophizing about like oh it's gonna be like terrible I'm gonna be on the road but I think there's something there about like maybe yeah my body is just intelligent and it knows something that I don't and maybe it's all for the better best and I could see myself releasing something I think what I have a hard time coming like bringing together then is like okay so what do I do when I feel like shit though (laughs) like physically feel like fucking shit and I yeah yeah and I have to like do shit just it's yeah I mean do you can you there's cost involved in this but could could you delay your start or could you hole up in a hotel room a couple extra days or um I that's the whole thing I I could but I so I'm meeting people all along the way I'm staying mm-hmm. at people's houses yeah I've already booked a bunch of st- like a bunch of places that I'm staying so I really like I have a friend who's driving out to meet me and and it just mm-hmm. and you know I just don't want to fuck with other people's schedules so it kind of doesn't feel like an option I would just offer one thing as mm-hmm. someone who yes, wishes please. I lived geographically close enough to be like you know, a drive-by visitor of your road trip, mm-hmm. no one is going to be inconvenienced if your plans change. Like everyone is a point on your trip because they want to, oh, I'm getting kind of emotional. They want to celebrate you. They want you to feel loved. They they want this to feel more like a victory lap and less like a trying and exhausting, yeah. you know, haul across the country. And so if you need to change your plans for what's best for you, I no, I could. I speak with total confidence. All the people who are planning to meet you, that they will not be upset because they just want you to feel that they love you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was so beautiful. Beautiful. And again, you're giving me something that I just realized. But as you were saying that, that I was like, oh my god, I've been like so stressed about this timeline. It's been. I've been like really methodical and structured about this whole thing, and I. Just you saying that right now released something huge where I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like, mm. I can flow through this. Like, if I'm yeah. tired, I can, yeah, I mean, yes. Will I lose some money? Yeah. But 
I think there's something bigger here, which is like, if I need to take care of myself, I can give do that. I can give myself permission yeah. to do that. Yeah. And um, of, of all people, your friends won't be upset. Honestly, I don't know. This is crazy. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if like I get my period like tonight or tomorrow. Like I feel like I was that, thinking that I was like, that, oh, this might be the thing that your body was like holding on to you to see. Yes. <laughs> Cause I just felt like literally just this whole, like, I can't even explain it. Something mm-hmm. just like moved through my whole body when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, so simple, like in, so in a way obvious, like uh, maybe to, to, to the outside person, it's like, yeah, of course you could just change your stuff, but it's, interesting to see how tightly I hold on to things sometimes. Yeah. I mean, for sure, especially with so much transition and so much kind of evolving and changing, of course you are going to yeah. Yeah, hold I think, on to something for structure. Yeah. I think it just feels like there's so many moving pieces that it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I was feeling like I needed to have a hold all of that on a hold on that. So it didn't all just like come crumbling down. But there's no okay, I also yet. have a practical tip for you mm-hmm. as someone who um, when I was in sales, in particular, there was one job where I would just like, like travel, like I would go to Iowa and Alabama and Arkansas. Like I went to like all these random places in America and I would sometimes have these like really long drives um, and sometimes I'd just be too tired to make it to the hotel that I thought I was going to make it to. And um, what I have found is like, say, say you had reserved like a Marriott, a courtyard Marriott in one town that's mm-hmm. two hours away. And you're like, I can't make, I guess I can't drive that far. Mm-hmm. If you book a different, if you, if you like some, somehow by, by like, if you book a courtyard Marriott near you, like yeah. right, if you book the same hotel chain, mm-hmm. they often mm-hmm. will be like, oh, that's fine. We won't, we I'll won't just, charge you the cancellation fee. Mm-hmm. We'll just like because, transfer it. Because yeah. Cause they're, um, so if you just like call the Marriott line and you're like, Hey, I need to, Stop yeah. driving. Yeah. But I don't, I still want to stay with your company or whatever. Right, right. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. 99% hot. of the time I didn't get charged. Hot tip. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really enjoy learning about these little things. I've been learning so much just about like little travel things. Like, I don't know. It's interesting to see. Like, there's a, there's a lot of people who spend their life living on the road, like by choice, yeah. you know? And like, it's like that movie. Um, Nomad Land is that what it was with Frances McDormand? Do you remember? It was recent. She was about her like living out of her RV. Uh, anyway, and just like, yeah, it's cool. There's like this whole culture of stuff and like little hot tips that people do. And I learned yeah. how to like jump a car. Which is cool. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yes, very cool. Very cool. Um, so yes, I am. I'm looking forward to this big adventure. I'm glad, mm-hmm. and also I look forward to updates and we'll be sending you like lots of yeah lots of you know love. that if i freak out i'm sure yeah. <laughs> also just for the record now i'm feeling like both witchy and catholic at the same time which is fun <laughs> but saint christopher is like he's the patron saint of like driving and mm. cars mm. and like lots of catholic people will like give you a saint christopher medal to put in your car mm-hmm. so as we're having this conversation i was about to say something about driving and i just really felt saint christopher being like i'm in I'm on it. <laughs> so just know that you've got like co-pilot with St. Chris. Oh, awesome. Christopher. I don't know what he prefers. I feel like he likes Christopher. So, okay. you know. Yeah. Good. I got a driving homie. Get the hook up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. If I'm, if I need, I can have a conversation with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, uh, he's offering that he's very good at road trips. Uh, 
<laughs> Great yeah. companion. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I just, yeah, I feel like I want to say more about it, but I don't know what I want to say yet. Maybe I'll probably have more to say about it afterwards. So yeah, that makes sense. It's like yeah. all just anticipation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we gave you a little bit of, you know, I feel like we like shook out the, you know, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just am so excited to be in nature. Um, mm. see the desert again. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what about you? Oh my gosh. You're also living. going through something really huge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that I didn't expect to be huge. So um, listeners might know, uh, if you follow me on social media, I had this really big summit, uh, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th of January. And Eva couldn't be part of it because she was flying home from Taiwan then, but it was three days and I interviewed a whole bunch of really brilliant people who I consider like uh leader like thought leaders in business right mm-hmm. people who see business a little bit differently and you know like we had oh Nike Nike Aurelia from our um podcast talk, we talked about how to build an anti-racist business we had a guest uh come talk about um like deconstruction and how to like slow down your business and breaking up with hustle culture. Um, We also had some folks coming talking about branding and anyway, copywriting. Um, But then I also had a healer come each day. So we Mm. did like epic magic at the same time. I was very excited about it. I knew that it would be very, I knew I would be tired. because it was. Can I I just like interrupt and say, I just love again how you're really there. You're, you know, this is you, the intersection of like the business with like the mystical, which is yeah, you just doing the damn thing, which I yeah, it felt fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be like, yes, we're going to talk about copywriting for an hour and then we're going to like just literally drop kick you into the void and like talk about witch wounds. So it, it felt really fun um, in that regard. And and I knew I would be really tired because like you know, like there's just a lot of intensity in getting something like that, you know, getting that ready in terms of like inviting people, oh God, holding so space. Much. Shout out to Catherine Doris, my right hand woman, oh, who literally none of this would ever happen mm. without her. Um, it's a lot. It's so I don't think people like do people I guess, you know, if you don't run a business, you don't understand like how much goes on in the background. Yeah, especially it should happen. And then like, and then it's the week and it's like the moment of it. Right. So then it's like, you know, for all these like 12 conversations and, um, and they were so great. I mean, after the first day I was cracking up because I was just like, I love interviewing people. It's why I love our podcast. Like I just love being like, yes, smart person. Like I want to learn from these cool, interesting people all the time. Um, and, uh, and then also because I'm bonker so that was its own big thing and i was proud of myself because i had like messaged all my clients and was like i'm gonna be out of commission like i i um i actually took the week off from client calls because i just knew it was gonna be big it was bigger than i expected (laughs) (laughs) which is great yeah so also i mean like energy energy wise so Mm -hmm. so also um also my class sovereign sales which you've heard me talk about on the show that also started the same weekend Mm. which later made sense when i learned that it was like apparently a bonkers astrology weekend and i was like oh that's why i picked everything to anyway um and then i also have a corporate client and the corporate client also all of a sudden was like had a ton to do that week and i was like oh Uh... it was just like 
So there were so many things that happened at the same time. So just the shit hit the fan of like, oh my God, there's so much that I want to do, so much that I feel feel like, not like I need to do, um, the corporate thing feels harder, right? Because it's less for me. It's mm-hmm. I'm definitely having a harder time with should is dead with this corporate client, yeah. right? Versus in my own business, I'm like, yeah, whatever, we don't do that. Yeah. So um, there's some of that and just like actual hours in the day and then the intensity of this summit and then my friend Vanessa, who was one of the, and also by the way, the, all these replays are available in my Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You can message me, and I'll give you ac- like give you access to all of them. They're there okay. in perpetuity. They're okay, so good. great. I'm glad because I wanted to, and I, you know, I, I knew I want, I know I want to listen to some of the conversations. So yeah, especially you will really love the Kelly Mahalik. I want to invite her to be on our, oh, on, our on the show. Actually, okay. that was the hustle culture one. Okay, awesome. Eva and Kelly will love each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so there was like, oh, so Vanessa, who mm-hmm. did the wrap up session, which was just bonkers energy work, and everyone should go tune into this. It was mm-hmm. super intense and really beautiful. Um, she pointed out afterwards that I basically, she's like, I think you kind of got a dose of everyone's medicine. Mm. Like she, she's like, by be, even even the sessions that weren't magic sessions, like you were like receiving some of their particular kind of magic mm-hmm. and so you, you were just like receiving i was thinking a lot about like output but she was also saying which but she was also saying like but you were also receiving a lot and i was like oh that was an interesting and that really tracked so uh i have the summit i'm tired i um but i'm like jazzed and excited and i had planned to be tired so i was like fu- i was on board with it all and then it was over and I crumbled into a pile of dust. Mm, tell me what. Tell me more about my, that. What do you? What does that? What does that mean? Emotionally, spent, physically, both. Uh, I was like so tired that I was like, I don't remember the last time I've been this tired. And also, I just spent hours podcast. You get the unfiltered version of me. I spent hours one night crying. Mm. Wednesday night, I spent hours crying like I just couldn't stop crying yeah and I was like and I had and the thing that was it was interesting is that it was like on some level there was some story involved which I'm happy to like get into and speak mm-hmm. to but also it just felt it also felt like the story was it, it just felt like this I needed to cry do you ever have mm-hmm. those moments where it's like something happens that gives you space to cry and then you're crying and it's you, it's like no longer about the thing you were initially crying about Hold on, let me think. Because I think this is like, like a really important question. It's like a great question. I just sorry. I just really love this because I think crying feels so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it depends. I mean, you know, I mean, it's subjective. I guess like there's sometimes where crying, you know, does not feel great. I mean, crying itself, I think, always feels good, but the circumstances around it might not feel good. Yeah, but like, it's like if I like. I know this sounds weird. I was actually thinking about this recently as much as I like struggle with the physical aspects of my period, um, what happens on my period is like, I get very emotional or I, I just might. And, and I was like, and I was like, you know, and I was like, I like PMS. And I like, was thinking about, I was in it the other day and I was like, what does this feel like? And I was like, I just feel like I'm feeling everything so mm. much. And it, it actually feels kind of awesome because I feel so alive. Like everything is just mm. so fucking rich and people talk about being emotional as like 
it's a bad thing. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so emotional. Or, oh, she's an emotional, you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But, like, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think we're really lucky, actually, if we can have that kind of emotional range. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So that was, yeah, so that was also, that was also one part of me was, like, I'm totally disintegrating. And then, like, why and what is happening? And also, like, this is kind of like we're in it. We're like really living life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's it's really not like if you're not scared of it, then that's like what makes it so kind of cool. But- yeah. And also, I don't know about you, but that feeling where I know that I'm grieving or like where I feel like I can feel like the emotions building up and they're not pleasant, but I can't cry. That kind of like emotional constipation. Yes. yes is so much worse than just totally, crying. Totally. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to say. It's like, you know, I I know what it's like to feel emotional and sometimes then, but I can't cry. And then, but like something will just like mm-hmm. be an impetus for crying. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like watching some, it could be totally unrelated. You know what I mean? Yes. And then it just like opens up the floodgates. And if I let myself, it feels really good. If I yeah. Let myself cry. yeah. So that's like kind of what was happening. So it was this weird soup of like, it was just very intense. And I, and what my most of my grief was about, which kind of was like most most of the emotions were around this topic of the conflict of motherhood, really. And specifically this tension of like, I am really ambitious and I can't find time in the day because I make all my time be for my kids. And I don't always really enjoy giving them as much time as they do, but I have created a logic that like to do otherwise is you know, like it would be abandoning them. Right. I have like mm. definitely like it's a rich field of mom guilt, right? Around right. like right. um um and and this kind of catch twenty two of like you have to anyway, just this like this sense of like having this big vision. Right. Because basically I had the summit and it was amazing. And then I came out of it and then felt like there's still more, like there's still more that I want to do. And I didn't feel like I could rest the way I wanted to or like come back and do all the things I want to do and also be mom. Like I was like, the, the, they don't all, they just don't all fit. Right. Like it's, and we, I keep talking about this on the show, right. It's just this reoccurring topic. Um, But it's like, it doesn't all fit. Like we were talking about last time about like the two pies instead of, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was like the, it was like the, that very thing we talked about. If you guys listened a couple weeks ago, even I had a conversation where I realized like, oh, I don't want one pie split down the middle between motherhood and business. Like I want, I want them actually to be, I want a hundred percent of both. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there was, it was like almost like, I don't know about you, but I see, patterns in my life as like like I'm moving through a chap I'm like moving through something big and so there's all these like little lessons and little and big breakthroughs and ahas and insights and they're all I'm doing a big um hill motion with my hand everybody they're like I got all kind of on the same theme and they cluster together so it definitely feels like everything right now is around this like uh like this pressure around like you can't act I can't actually do it all. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Something has to give. And 
realizing that on some level, what I want to give is actually, I want to give less time. I want, I want to work more mm. and that being one, well, just feeling financially complicated. Right. Um, which then makes me resentful of everyone who's like 28 and like, you know, whatever. But, um, wait, wait, what do you mean? What? Oh, just, there's like, when I, this, this, this is petty everybody, but oh, good. apparently I, I I'm sobbing on the podcast and now I'm petty. There are occasionally Please, when I find petty. Okay. And there's yeah. now a single person out here listening. Who's never been, who's not that's true petty that's yeah. true um if you would like if you would like pettiness with your spiritual <laughs> varnish with your spirituality podcast um yeah no apparent sometimes i feel um bitter about um people who have like bajillion dollar businesses mm-hmm. and they're like 28 and have no obligations and mm-hmm. and i'm like well yeah i could do that too i didn't so right that's why i'm really bitter it's because like oh i just were i just like slept at some corporate thing when i was 28 mm-hmm. and now that i have but there's this story in my head that's like oh but if i had all the time in the world then i would like then i would post on social then yeah, i would have exactly. a huge audience or right, i would this right. or i would that right right, right. right of course um, but does it make a difference if the person's like not 30 i guess i'm wondering if age is, is, is it is, a, is somehow for some reason <laughs> some reason eight yeah because if someone like like, like exactly <laughs> I, I don't have like kids this. and i'm almost 40 and i'm like i i do what i want with my time and i'm like does that make and i have no bitterness about that That's so um it is definitely it is definitely for some reason an age thing. Well, I think and I get I, it because it's probably some story about how like, oh, well, if you did it that way back then, it's like a I don't know if this is true. Or I, correct me if I'm wrong, but projection of like, oh, well, I, you know, how you could have done it before. I think that's probably there. And then I don't want to admit that. So it's no. then I'm just like, oh, whatever. They're not. So then what I say is like, you don't know what you're talking about when you're 28. So yeah. <laughs> which is also not true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is right. true and not true. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, you also don't want to talk about when you were 38. Like, none of yeah, us that's, do. That's we're all true. just making that's it up. So... <laughs> Facts. Um, <laughs> no, anyway, I really do love. Um... I mean, I have to say, though, yeah, this has been a theme for a, a while. This, like, not not the theme of, like, the, like that you can't have all the pies, but, like, I know you want to work more. Yeah, like, that's I know. You, you know, you like it. I do. I do really like it. I do. I mean, I, that's like the, Nick and I went away on vacation a couple of weekends ago, um, just locally for his birthday, which was mm. really, really, really great. And we were um, having actual adult conversations for a change. <laughs> and one of them was like, we drove by some like billboard for like mega millions or something. And I, I was like, what would you do? Like, if we won that tomorrow, what mm-hmm. would you do? And we were both having that conversation. And I realized which I already knew that I would a thousand percent keep working. Do the same thing. Exactly. I yeah. would like, yeah, ha- maybe how much or like, you know, I, maybe that it's more things that I would outsource or whatever, but a thousand percent, I would continue doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's I've, with a better I, wardrobe. Adam, exactly. Yeah. Adam asked me the same exact question. And I was like, is he's like, is there another profession you would choose? And I like really had to think about it. I was like, no, like there's like, this is exactly what I would want to do. I do think I'd want to get into more like humanitarian um, I've, I, this is a whole thing for another episode, but I do want to like use my energy and my time for to contribute to a really specific cause. Like I want to mm. pick a cause and I don't know, that feels really important to me. And, mm. um, 
anyway, but that's, that's, yeah, that's the only thing that I would change, but I would still like focus. This is like the work I want to do. Yeah. Even like if I didn't, if somehow we had enough money that I didn't want need to work, I would, I would still want to do this. I know how, which is really great. Yeah. It's got to, yeah, exactly. We, I feel very fortunate. Yeah. Same. Um, so yeah. So it's this like ongoing thing of like, I think, and I appreciate you reflecting back. Like, I know you want to work more. Like, Liz is the same. Everyone's like, yeah, we, we, we know. We're glad you're catching yeah. on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine today about it and, uh, and like almost started laughing to myself because I was like, I have ca- created a story of like this, like catch 22, like impossibility specifically around like the cost of childcare. I don't know why I had a nanny when I, like I myself had childcare when I first started this business for a year. So it's like, <clears throat> cause this is my friend was like, well, do you know anyone who's like self-employed and like pays for childcare, mm-hmm. like through their, through being self-employed, like you need an expander. And I was like, I don't know anyone. I was like, me, I was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, for some, I don't know why our brains are so, but, the, but this is why one of the things I always say about money is like, Money is often not about the money, right? My story of like, oh, it's too expensive for childcare is actually how I'm protecting myself from. Right. It's like I make it impossible, so I don't have to look at the fact that I would actually prefer to emotionally choose more time for myself than mm-hmm. with my kids, yeah. and that feels like a betrayal. So instead, I spin a story of like, oh, well, we can't afford it, yeah, or like, um, or I make it some impossible catch twenty two of like. Well, I need more time and I can't have right mm-hmm, I can't yeah. I can't have more time until I have blah, blah blah. So I'll just sit here and be unhappy about this impossible situation, all of which is protecting me from actually feeling the fact that I would like less time with my children. Mm-hmm. And that also means that this is the end of a chapter. So I have to grieve this chapter of motherhood because you mm-hmm. don't go backwards yeah. and also like sit in the fact that some part of me thinks that all this makes me a terrible mother so that's why I was a crying pile of goo for you know yeah so which is really interesting because I mean you were just okay I have so many thoughts about this I just want to like witness that that that's like what you're experiencing which is so beautiful and complicated because this is the like this is the um I think so many parents feel this way Mm. it's tough it's fucking hard like I don't know and I mothers and fathers but like it's yeah I think sometimes in our capitalistic world we feel like we have to choose like I don't I know my brother was like in a really similar situation like I don't know I don't know the exact details but like something about like maybe getting a raise or like taking a different position but then that would meant that would have meant like less time with his family mm-hmm. and having to make that choice is like <laughs> fucking sucks it just sucks yeah. it is and complicated you know what's, about parenthood yeah you know what's bonkers <clears throat> is somehow this is really bonkers wow i'm like i could kind of see this but it's clarifying as we're talking my the notion of I'm going to speak specifically about motherhood, although I think this is probably true for parents of all genders, but um, motherhood and sacrifice are so intimately connected Mm -hmm. that if you need, if when I have needed full-time childcare because I had a job that I more or less liked, but also was kind of begrudging, I didn't feel guilty about 
I didn't feel overwhelming guilt about the childcare, mm-hmm. but somehow, and like, and if tomorrow I had to get a job, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel guilty about the childcare. It's like somehow the fact that I love this work so much and I am basic. I, it's hard to describe, but it's basically the fucked up thing about motherhood, at least as it lives in my body is like, you're supposed to love how your children you, more than anything else. <laughs> how dare you enjoy anything more than your children? And so yeah. if you're going to work and you low-key hate your job, well, that's fine because you're mm. making sacrifices for your family. Mm. But if you're choosing to work because you actually just fucking love to work and therefore are like more fun when you're home with your kids, then you are a selfish monster. Yep. 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 I mean, yeah. So oh, and there's just so much that goes into this. There's so much that goes into this. I mean, we could like I spent a whole episode unpacking like capitalism and the patriarchy and like and, and motherhood, just like how it's seen in general. I don't know. There's just so much that goes into that, but mm-hmm. I don't think we have time for that, but I will say. Also, um, that's what I'm making you all do with me on the podcast over the course <laughs> of three and a half years. So <laughs> yeah, I do think listeners who are listening, they, they have their own version of this kind of story. You know, it may not be exactly that, but it's a flavor of that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is like, well, it's so perfect then that you are running a workshop on entering your villain era. I know. Because that I picked is- before I before I even stepped into this, I picked that we were going to be doing this. Yeah. Future pa- past me was looking out for future me. Yeah, exactly. Like there's yeah. just there's there's you know, this is what you always help me with is like, what if what if you, you know, my big fear is like, I'm crazy. And you're like, well, what if you are crazy or whatever? Mm. And I'm like, what if you are a bad mom? Oof. What if you just, what, what I'm not. No, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. Yeah. Like that's, this is, goes back to like Byron Katie stuff who listeners is she's like this many listeners may already know, but know of her work. But if you aren't uh, anyway, she's like, I guess you could call her a spiritual teacher whose work I really appreciate. But She'll have you take a thought and she'll be, and one of the things that she does is she'll say, like, she'll say, like, I am ready and willing to be X or I'm ready, like, the, your biggest fear, like me getting in a car accident, I'm ready and willing to get into a car accident um, and just, like, fucking sit in that. And, yeah. you know, it's not different from the work that we do, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, ready willing and willing to be willing a bad mom. Ooh, my oh, body right. has a feeling I, about I'm that. I'm not even a mom and I feel that way because the stories of like what you're like, there's the pressure and the expectation and the shame that comes along with not being a good fucking mom. Like here's the other crazy thing. is like, I like, you know, being a bad dad isn't great either, but there's so much more acceptance. I think for a father who's like busy at work and like not around well, right, because that's the model we've given dads, right? right? Like, right. I have a friend who's a stay-at-home dad, and, like, that's its own, like, complicated baggage, right? right? Yes, because, yes, 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 exactly. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, are you ready and willing to be a bad mom? I And I don't know. This is really interesting. I have an aunt, actually, who is a billionaire in Taiwan, which is different than being a billionaire in America. But she's fucking loaded. And uh, she has straight up... <sighs> I remember asking her, like, what was her secret to success? Actually, I don't know if I like where this story is going. Because I don't want to make it seem like you have to choose. But basically. But it's her story, right? I, and she, So you can tell her story. And we yeah, just have story. to make I every guess story. I just, she's great. She's a badass. I love her. She's, like, funny. And she's just 
I don't know. She, I have, I admire her and I respect her, but I, I did ask her like, how do you do it? And she's like, I am not a great mom. <laughs> That's like straight up what she said. And she said it with like, not really so much shame. Yeah. That's, I actually kind of love that. Yeah. Right? Actually- because there's lots of terrible moms who like really <laughs> insist that they're great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And there's also something of like, I don't know. It wasn't, I was, it, I think it takes courage to say that, to be like, yeah, yeah. But, but what I don't like is this idea that it has to be a sacrifice right. or that like right. you have to choose, but there was something, I don't know, kind of like, I didn't, I heard that I didn't judge her and I wasn't like, but also yeah. like, she's not a bad mom. That's the other, right. That's the other right. 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 Yeah. Um, but I mean, but I do think there is some, some truth. That's my resentment of these of 20 you know single 28 year olds um with who have like already figured out their business um which i also recognize anyway i am aware of the ridiculousness <laughs> of that judgment just know it but again if my if, look here's the thing if my if my i really if my spiritual practice is like witnessing my monsters i'm not gonna not witness them in public <laughs> yeah so totally, of course um also who uh, cares that's such a i feel like that's a very um not timid it's a very it's not that petty i guess is what i'm saying that's a very mild it just mild feels a little person. bit like it also it does feel also like cliche like oh really like you're in your late 30s and you're like jealous of someone <laughs> to deck you know what i mean there just is a little bit of like couldn't you have like more interesting resentments <laughs> oh someone younger than you is successful yeah. <laughs> and you're like upset about it how original that's so hilarious that's, <laughs> i mean we've all been there i trust you i have i have plenty of unoriginal pettinesses that i could share with you yes yes i know <laughs> i know um uh but yeah so it's been it's been like a really intense couple it's been a really intense couple of days because i worked on saturday which i don't usually do to like get everything ready sundays is a work day for me but i was like you know, it was it was the summit. Monday I got up at like the crack of dawn to do this corporate paperwork, this corporate stuff. Um, and then it was just so it was just like all these long days, long days, long days, amazing conversations, magic, intensity, like and then I got to the other side of it and I again I knew I would be tired, but I was not I just wasn't expecting that I would collapse into a under the weight of my own <laughs> Mm-hmm. inflicted feelings about motherhood and uh like just need to cry and that mm-hmm. was um it's been in, it's been it's interesting because now i think i'm in the phase like so basically I, I think a lot of our i think a lot of our suffering comes from not acknowledging and resisting what it is that we actually desire right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so the more i can acknowledge like okay what i actually want is less time with my kids and more time to work which still feels very icky in my body to say out loud just Mm -hmm. for context so don't anyone expect me to have a nanny tomorrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) um uh and now i'm like in the process of like there's all this like witnessing like today I picked them up from school and they just they're three and six you know they're just like instantly bitching at each other in the backseat they're just doing what yeah. kids do and I was just like 
and like the noises are loud. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when I'm overstimulated, I have I have learned I'm very very sensitive to noise. To like, so Desi had like two quarters that he was like holding together in his hand, yeah. and I was like, oh my, yeah. I am going to, oh my, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, I have 20 minutes in the car in those fucking quarters, <laughs> you know, um, and then just being like, and then this other voice that's like, yeah, because this isn't what you want to be doing. Mm. you know like you you don't have the patience for this because it's not what you want yeah 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 um yeah just complicated to just witness you know like talk about like being a bad mom is it's like trying to just hold myself in the witnessing of like oh yeah i am actively annoyed at you Mm -hmm. because i actively don't want this Mm -hmm. which is none of which is your fault and also I have I have to to be in integrity. I have to hold this whole soup of things while also like kind of trying to protect you from me because oh, I'm about totally. to yell at you for the quarters. Totally. It's like layered and complicated. And then there's like shame or guilt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then that's a weird thing about shame. Then it's like then you're like trying not to feel that, but all the suppression of how what you're really feeling makes you like um more reactionary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. You're trying so hard not to feel like shame or whatever yeah. that mm-hmm. you then get more upset about the noise in the backseat. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I will say one of the things I know that I'm actually very good at about as a mom is, um, I just think I've said it on the podcast before, but I am very quick to just acknowledge when I'm wrong. And when I yeah. like yell at them and I yeah. shouldn't have, or when I lose my temper or whatever, yeah. um, to the point that sometimes two things have happened. One, I think I've shared this in the show before. Desi will be like, don't you want to apologize? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, my God. God. Yet. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. You have shared that before, but still just like, it's just, uh, yeah. Yes. Like, no, I will call. I not yet. Yeah. Not I get to decide. Damn it. But also he less so with Bernie, but she's younger. He will come and actually like he will do the same thing. He will come on totally unprompted because I don't we don't do forced apologies. Yeah. Um well it's because you're modeling it for him, right? So like he knows Exactly. And so I'm like, this is fucking Yeah. Because he has come and been like, I'm sorry I, you know, snapped at you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, that's such a fucking good skill to instill into your kid and like that's gonna carry over into adulthood good lucky for his whoever partner he has is <laughs> like a partner who can like apologize when you've you know been a dick it's i know he did uh, actually cry two weeks ago because he found out that he can't marry his sister oh interesting wow he like is- actually nick was putting him to bed and how it came up and he desi actually cried oh God, that is like so sweet i mean that's like not talk like that incest thing aside but like that's- right 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the thought that like oh i know Isn't like that's so cute that is so cute yeah. wow and then today birdie told us that she was gonna marry Gigi, and i was like there's a lot of reasons why that doesn't work <laughs> Gigi, you mean your, her grandma right yeah grandmother. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't yeah. think your parent your kids understand what marriage is no no <laughs> no definitely not yeah. At three, six, you know that makes sense uh um so anyways that's where i am i am actively you know mid um disillusion dissolvement um and 
to the point that I just for listeners, I texted Eva earlier in the day and was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, what I'm going to be able to record because I, it was just, it felt so raw, right? And we've talked about before how we have this intention of sharing vulnerably and in process, but not necessarily like the overexposed, right? There's a way in which if something feels, there's like a point in which it feels processed enough that it feels safe to share. Mm-hmm. And there's also a point where like, you know, you're crying in your bed for hours and you're like, I'm not, that's not podcast yeah. ready. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Totally. um, yeah. So anyways, I'm in this weird place, guys. Well, I'm glad that you're bringing it out into the open because I think it then means that you are um, essentially, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's moving. Yeah. And I also think there's no not addressing this. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's, and yeah, and it's moving. Um. Yeah, and I do believe in like speaking things into existence, but sometimes that requires first like acknowledging and you're being aware, like awareness of like what's actually happening and acknowledging where it's painful and difficult. And the the question that I kept like, hearing in my head from like spirit was like, what do you want? That's the question that it's that question has been loud for a while, mm-hmm. but then throughout the whole summit and then like these couple days afterwards, I have just kept hearing like, what do you want? What do you want? And that, and, and that, what's interesting is, and I think maybe this is why I felt ready to speak about all the podcasts is because I feel like, oh, I know the answer. But for a while there, I could hear that question. And I was like, I don't know, not this, not this mm-hmm. impossible balance and juggling and like spinning of plates, but also like, I don't know. And the true, and I think this is true for a lot of us where situations just feel impossible and shitty and overwhelming yeah. Um, not old, like I don't mean to imply that like motherhood felt shitty all the time, but like this particular like the issue of balance felt really overwhelming. Has felt overwhelming for a while, and and just confusing, and um, and like on the spectrum from like mildly frustrating to overwhelming, and uh, and part of the problem is that I didn't know what I wanted mm-hmm. because I was unwilling. I wasn't yet ready to admit to myself what I wanted was yeah. childcare. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think, I mean, this is a little bit of an aside, but I do wonder if um, you could do like, you just did a summit on business. You could do a summit on like speaking specifically about motherhood and business. I think that would be, or we could have more guests on the podcast. So do you remember Emily? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So she has a, um, a membership on this called the mm-hmm. mother mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling her recently that I was like, you should do a summit about mother and business. So mm-hmm. I would like to go be a speaker at Emily summit. I think yeah. I'm hooked on summits for a minute, yeah. but yeah. I, yeah, Emily might do one in a couple months. Yeah. Cause I think, there's just such power and I think, yeah, and gathering with people and that, like, what do you call it? What do you call it when a bunch of people get together and share their ideas? <laughs> the beat, like, uh, oh my God. Sorry, guys, hitting a this wall. Is the, this is the jet lag version of Eva. It Eva. totally is. Hive mind. The hive mind. Yes, the hive mind. Um, oh. 
and just have more conversations. And yeah, just seeing how other people do it too. I think it's always helpful. Yeah. Well, and um, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, love. Well, I'm, I was going to pivot. So you continue your thought. Oh, no, I, I was, I think I was just really, I think I want to just underscore that a big takeaway for me is if things feel like that, like, just like, oh, I keep bumping up against this wall. I keep bumping up against this wall. I keep bumping up against this wall. It probably is because you don't know what you want because you're actually hiding. You're hiding from Mm -hmm. yourself what you want because for some reason it doesn't feel safe. Maybe because it seems impossible or dangerous or like it will hurt someone. But I think that feeling of like just continuing to bump into the same thing Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. is about a lack of clarity or honesty and, or, and, or honesty yeah. around there's like some there's like some buffering that's happening for self-preservation around what you really want yeah i'm gonna tuck that into my back pocket because uh i think that'll next time that happens to me i can come back and be like and check <laughs> check and be like is this it yeah um i was gonna pivot and talk about what's so interesting is like huh it, i do find it fascinating the obligation that we feel towards family because Mm. something that I left with I just I left Taiwan with was this idea of also like what is my responsibility to my parents something that I am that's also reoccurring also reoccurring also a theme um and it's just interesting yeah I think I feel a lot of guilt actually not different I mean it's it's very different but also not different this idea of like yeah it is about obligation to family and then guilt when we maybe can't um deliver or don't want to deliver or whatever whatever and I think because I don't have it's really interesting I don't think my brother feels the same way because he has kids so in his mind it's very clear like I have a priority kids are number one sorry and I I don't have the capacity to take care and like that's kind of I would say acceptable yeah i think especially because your parents live so far away from your brother Mm -hmm. right it's like maybe if your parents still lived in la it would be like okay you have i have the kid i like i have kids and so i have to include my grandparents i have to include the grandparents right right so i think that can go either way but especially when it's such a far geography it's like yeah yeah Yeah. my my kids are in school i have to be here for them (laughs) yes yes exactly Oh man, there was some family drama this 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 trip. Mm. It wouldn't be a family trip without some drama. But um uh yeah, I mean I think I, I kind of want to pose a question to you, which is like, mm-hmm. what I don't know how to d- decide what is my responsibility and what is my responsibility and obligation and what is not. And that's like just a question of, of like where how does one decipher? So that's like mm-hmm. something I've been thinking about. But I will say something that was really interesting to me was that my cousin who same age as me who I'm very close to I was just you know we were just catching up I'm like how you doing she's like you know I'm just kind of dealing with like the stuff that is normal to deal with at our age which is like which is thinking about my parents health like that's that's like she said it as if that was like you know it's a it's a it's a it's it's, you reach a certain phase and age in your life where that's something that you 
that everyone's just considering. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to me because I've spent my entire life worrying and also caring mm-hmm. at some point and or, or being the adult in my parents' relationship. Like that was like my childhood. And that was inappropriate because that was not my job. Yeah. But now that I'm, I've turned 39 this year, I'm just, you know, basically I've already in my mind rounded up to 40. I'm like, oh, this feels different actually. Like I felt resentful of that in the past, but now it actually Mm. feels like it's just the circle of life. Like now there isn't resentment. Now it's like, oh yeah, this is what happens. Your parents give you, give you life. And at some point they get old and they truly are innocently incapable of yeah they'll have to take care of themselves in some way like their 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 capacities are are changing and failing and so i don't know in a way it was just like i've been holding on to this resentment thinking like oh well i'm still doing what i've been doing but there was something really that shifted in this idea of like oh actually no this is the now i'm at the age where this is the appropriate response to like take care of my parents what i'm hearing is like interestingly what i'm hearing is like permission to be invested in your parents' health, which I know sounds like kind of weird, but it's no, like that's exactly for so long means, you yeah. had to have be really protective about how much you allowed yourself to care exactly. because the tendency was to over overextend yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like your cousin gave you a sense of what I'm hearing is like trusting your own boundaries that you've already learned to set over all these years. And then the permission to be like, oh yeah, it's actually okay that I care about this. It's not a sign of any. Exactly. It's not a sign of like cross boundaries of being taken advantage of, of like uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like this permission. Also, like once the resentment's gone, I mean, like this is what sovereignty feels like. It's like mm. once the story or the resentment is gone, what I was left with was, was this realization of like, oh, I want to care for my parents. Like, mm. <laughs> so, uh, but also, can I actually speak to something on that quick? Yes, because please. I think that's so important that when when th- when we are motivated by obligation, then resentment shows up. Mm-hmm. And even if some part of us might want to do the thing, resentment gets in the way because that was also something I noticed yesterday as I was like a weepy mess of like, oh, I don't, you know, whatever, all the things I've already been talking about. There was one point where I like pulled both kids onto the couch and like started reading this chapter book to them. And I could already feel how different that felt Mm -hmm. because it felt more sovereign Mm -hmm. and it felt more like motivated by choice and less obligation, Mm -hmm. which of course then is also way better for them. So I just, I think that this thing you're speaking to of like unhooking from resentment which sometimes is to feel the resentment and sometimes is to just be like, no, I don't need it anymore is such a, can be such a powerful way of realizing it just giving you space to actually do the very thing that you think you have to do anyway. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, this is, yeah, this is, it's huge. It, 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 to me, it's like an energetic shift of like sovereignty. It's like, um, it's subtle, but also huge. Mm. And I think we've talked about this on the show before. I've re- re- referenced this book that I have not completely read about power versus force. It's called like, the, it's like power versus force. So like when you're doing something mm. out of force, it, you, it covers up your, even if you really do want to do, do the, do the damn thing, it, that, that feeling of needing to, to force to do it, you don't feel the need 
like the true desire that's actually there because all you can think about is like the force but once you remove the force then your true desire will show itself and oftentimes you will be pleasantly surprised to be like oh actually i i do want to do this i do want to write the paper i do want to call my uh uh-huh. grandma who's like i didn't think i you know but he was covered up by force or like obligation or whatever so anyway the whole book the premise of the book is like just noticing energetically in your body is this coming from a place of power or force and and when you remove the force oftentimes what's left is power and i think about that in my business a lot is that like what is the energetic quality of what how i'm doing this is am i my, is this coming from a place of power or or force and it's, i can oftentimes it's very, Ooh, feel it very clearly yeah yeah, yeah, I really like that language because I know what you're, I know what you're, yeah, speaking about. Yeah, because the, the irony is that sometimes the action is exactly the same damn action. Absolutely, <laughs> always say the thing is not the thing. It's yeah, exactly. a thousand percent. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, gosh, where were we? Where were we with this whole parental thing? Um. Oh, right. This is what I wanted to add. It was just, this was just kind of like a a life advice thing it's like my dad so my parents are in their 70s my dad's pretty unhealthy and every time i bring up his health he um he says he just shuts me down he says oh you worry too much or you or 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 he will just get annoyed and like grumpy old man and be like you worry too much or he he it's like just bringing up the topic makes him kind of shut you out. It's like, if you're going to talk to me about this, I'm not going to talk to you. Mm. So I feel, so my whole, I'm dancing between this thing of like learning. Cause I think with my parents, a lot of it has been learning, like they're adults. They make their own decisions. I can't change them. Um, they need to like learn for themselves you know i can't enable them blah 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 blah. but also and if he doesn't want to hear it right like maybe i can't force it you can't change someone who isn't ready to hear it right right um but then the question can i ask are you trying to ask him like what's the deal with your health or are you trying to have conversations about like please drink water both Okay. it's like if he has i mean it's like if he is staying up until six in the morning and then like sleeping all day mm-hmm. which he does often i will ask like what's up and he'll be like nothing nothing like you worry too much like blah blah blah, blah, blah. like he just tries to really play it off and the it's like and it and it yeah it sucks it sucks because yeah. it means that if i want to have a conversation with my dad i can't talk to him about his health <laughs> yeah which is like the main thing that i'm talking about and also sometimes it'll be like hey um i'm concerned that like maybe you're eating like way too much sugar or something <laughs> or like too and um that also is annoying mm. i want to give you permission to not have to be the one to tell him what to eat or like things that would make his life better because well, I wouldn't say that, that I need permission for that. If anything, I'm probably a nag. <laughs> I, well, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm sorry. When I, go ahead. You, I mean, interrupt you. Go ahead. Seriously. Oh, just that like, you know, being nagged is never fun. And I know I can't help myself sometimes. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I come in. I'm just like, dad, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 You need to knock it the fuck up. I don't say it like that. But I, I'm definitely nagging him sometimes. And, and I, 
almost sometimes can't help it. Yeah, especially because he's like locking you up from the bigger conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to have this actual conversation about your health and you're not letting me. So the least I can do is be like, come in with these quick jabs of like, okay, but at least stop. Like if you're not going to sleep right or like if you're you're not talking about your mental health or what, like Mm -hmm. at least then like drink some water or have a plant or exactly. um, So yeah, I, I think that, I mean, uh, I just think it makes sense because he's locking you out. And so you're just trying to like find a like sneaky way to like, yeah, it's almost like the image I have is like when a parent like puts like broccoli in the, um, in the, in the like pancake or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're like trying, there's like this big elephant in the room that he won't let you talk about. So you're trying to like sneak it in. Yeah. Trick him in. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm going to like find any solutions in, in, you know, this this episode of the podcast but i think really what i'm interested in is also just like observing from afar the cycle of life which is that Mm. um our parents end up being like children yeah (laughs) which is i I mean especially my grandparents they're like really like children now so they're all like in their 90s i don't i don't know what feels important to me about this but it's like maybe it's about like humility because your parents take care of you all your life and then like that moment when they're unable to and you have to take care of them there's this feeling of like um maybe even gratitude in some weird way because you're like oh this is what you did for me when i was shitting in my diapers (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i don't know I feel like there's an extra layer of it for you too. Just we've talked about this before, but like because your parents are so far away, and mm-hmm. so there's like the intensity of like being there and then being gone, and also yeah, it makes it definitely more more complicated. Because then I also feel like I'm there for a short time, and I'm like, I can't just come in there for you know six weeks and then be bossy as fuck because that's just annoying. Like it, it's it's presumptuous yeah. and kind of unfair to them. And um, also you're also have to be fair to yourself right which is like you're worried or you care or you want to like feel comfortable that they have what they need or while you're gone like it's a tough yeah tough combo yeah yeah yes exactly and to make this universal for listeners like again i bring this up because there's a lot of people out there who can relate to your struggle of like being a mom and having other being ambitious or having other passions or just not wanting to fucking hang out with your kids all the time and then feeling guilty about it. Right. Like that's a very real thing. And I think there's another subsection of people or not even another subsection, but like everyone I think will go through a phase in their life. Yeah. If your parents are young right now and this doesn't relate to you, cool, but like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And assuming you have a caretaker in your life that you, uh, you know, I was gonna say that you are close to, but sometimes you don't have to be close to them. Sometimes you'd be totally estranged from your parent and then you find out they're fucking dying and then you feel like you need to step up. Right. Or the even or or at the very least process it, right? It's like yeah. even if yes. you're estranged and that's a boundary that you keep, that's mm-hmm. still a huge emotional thing exactly. to process. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. this is this is like the human experience. Like this comes up a lot. Yeah. And I think it's just a challenging thing and also 
I think that's why like health matters to me. So I like one of my biggest motivating factors for being healthy is because I don't want to be a burden on anyone. Mm. And I just see like what a huge difference it makes when a parent. So again, I'm, I'm like, you know, entering my forties. And so a lot of my friends are the same age where, um, God, it's just really weird when you get older and like people start dying. Yeah, <laughs> I know That sounds really weird. But like when I was like in my twenties, well, also, I was going to say, I think another element of all of this is that all of your grandparents are alive. Yeah, so weird. Which is so bonkers, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, like, amazing, but yeah. totally outside the norm. Like, none of my grandparents, between Nick and I both, we have, he has one grandmother who's still mm. around and awesome. We get to see, she hangs with the kids all the time. But, like, I think that also adds, it's like, I feel like it makes it closer in the sense that when you like you're talking about like their kind of physical frailties like so apparent right whereas like my grandparents are aren't around to be to, to like have that be a part of um but then also um, my grandparents a bunch of my three of my grandparents died in my 20s mm-hmm. so like i had this like i dealt with mm-hmm. some of the like um I see, yeah. I had a version, I remember my great aunt who was really, really, really close to, she died when I was like 24. And I remember it being, it like completely rocking my, I had a grandmother die when I was in middle school, but when my great aunt died, it really rocked my world because I really was so sad to lose her. And also I like looked up around me and I was like, oh, you're all going to die. It was like my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, right? Like if we follow chronology, mm-hmm. I have you know, my mom's one of ten. I have a big. I was like, I'm gonna bury all of you. Oh my god! That's and crazy. it was like a crazy like, existential was like, like <laughs> crisis moment. Yeah, that's all. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> Which, like, clearly, that's how I do it: is go straight for the existential crisis. Um, but anyway, so I feel like for you, there's this like strange combination of like somehow a delay and also a like greater presence (laughs) yeah that's a great way of putting it I think at the end of the day though what we've we're both struggling with is this idea of like like our guilt and our Mm. shame and feeling Mm -hmm. like a bad person that's really all it comes down to like that's what it yeah it always is just like uh the original sin shit like you know i feel like you know you feel like a bad mom i feel like a bad daughter or you know if i'm I'm not there to like do my part like we feel like there's this not obligation i don't know if you feel an obligation but there's this uh version of motherhood that you want to aspire to or whatever and for me it's like yeah same thing with being just a daughter well, and I also think there's some confusion, which is like, like, <clears throat> what, what is the standard of like best care, right? Either for mm. children or for our our aging parents, you know, for your aging parents. Um, my mom listens. She's not aging, for the record. <laughs> I know. I was gonna, yeah, <laughs> She's I was, a I, baby. <laughs> I was totally thinking about that. Like she, I mean, that's and that's the thing about like your, your mom is like she's healthy. You know, she's got a, a yoga studio. Like that. Yeah. I mean, she's super young, so it's like she's got the combo. Yeah, exactly. Of being, but, exactly. But that's, a, that's a blessing. Like that's that's a huge blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I yeah. 
I feel that a lot. Um, well, it's think- also interesting because you could argue that that wasn't, a, I mean, she had you when she was, when you, when she was really young. So like, that's, it, it's interesting, right? Like there's that story of like, who's to say what's good or bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, you don't know when it's happening. We can have a story about, well, it, you know, it's really bad that, you know, you have a kid when you're young, but I don't know, it kind of works out later on. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that's the thing my mom has talked about before, like, um, for a couple of different reasons, but I think, um, I think there's, it's hard. It's hard to know what you want for all the reasons we discussed about guilt and shame. It's hard to know like what you want for yourself, but it's hard to know what you actually think is best. Right. Because Mm -hmm. if I, if some part of me wanted to have more time to work, but also if I actually genuinely thought that it was best for my kids, like maybe like one of my kids was having like a really difficult experience, then I would be like, okay, I want to work, but I genuinely think it's best for them if I'm not working right now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to pause my business to parent full time. That would be a sacrifice that I would actually be like totally a thousand percent willing to make. Yeah. Be clear. Yeah. And so I think that there's also some conflict for both of us um around knowing what you want and then also knowing what you think is best and then f- for for your parents or for my kids and then figuring out the best the best combo <laughs> yes that is i'm like i was nodding very vigorously guys earlier because i think it's about not no knowing i think my story is like uh god what was my story i just had it a second ago in my head um Oh yeah, like is it actually best that I step in? Because in the past, sometimes that's just been me trying to like it's been codependent micromanaging and it actually hasn't been helpful. And then I'm like, yeah. but also, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what's best. And then I'm like, but also like, um, it seems very reasonable that I would be there. It might be best if I'm there to go with my dad to his doctor appointment. Yeah. You know, I, well, yeah. So maybe a question you could ask yourself is like is that separation of like what do you want for yourself what do you want your what do you what do you want and then also like what do you think your parents need mm-hmm. and then maybe in there you try to figure out what's best for everybody but maybe maybe you've already done this but mm, somehow separating so... the two questions feels actually, spacious i'm actually gonna write this down hold on <laughs> what is it what do i want and then what do yeah, my what parents do you want, want? And what do your what do you think your parents need? Mm-hmm. And then seeing them separately, and then out of that, what like if your parents' health like I mean, what do you want? I think is twofold because on one level it's the question of like if your parents' health weren't involved at all, what would you want in terms of how often you went home? Mm-hmm. And then also like what do you want in terms of like. I want to freaking know what's going on with my dad staying up till 6 a.m. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like answer it in all the ways that it relates to the question. Mm-hmm. And then also, what do you think that they need? Mm-hmm. And what do you think? And then from there, maybe. Because this is the tricky thing about codependence, right? Because that's basically this secretly two hours in. This is an episode about codependence, right? <laughs> <laughs> For both of us. Yes. Well, because I was right? just about to say, like, whatever these questions are, you can flip it and ask that about your kids. What yes. is it that you want? And then what is it that you think your kids need? Yes. Because that's, in- I think that's very interesting 
because some of what you want for your or the stuff that you do for your kids that's actually you know it's like you think that that's what they need but they don't actually need that you're just worried that if you don't do that also i think there's an even deeper subconscious story that we're like starting to unpack a little which is that what i um which is that whatever i wanted was inherently oppositional to what my kids need oppositional whatever oh yes i have the same story same story right. like yeah because what if what i yeah because if i story. want it it must be somehow damaging to someone bad for them bad for them huh yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah like that one's not surface level but i can feel it running the system underneath yeah. now that i've been sitting deeper in this question for a little while yeah um but but also I think that's which makes sense because that's like kind of codependency's whole thing, right? It's like the, we one our model of love is to like take care of other people and sacrifice what we want or what we mm-hmm. need, and that's how we establish that we're worthy of love. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking about so listeners, we had Melanie Beatty on the show. She was the amazing author of Codependent No More. You can go back and check out that episode because I thought it was really great. But her definition. That she's of, of codependency that she summed up so well was like, gosh, maybe you can help me remember. It's like codependency is when you consistently, yeah, when you consistently choose someone else over yourself. When you love someone. Oh, when you love someone else love more, someone. Th- more than you love yourself. Or was it choose? I guess it was choose. I guess it was choose. Um, yeah. Yeah. You consistently mm-hmm. choose someone else over yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think there's something more to that, but I don't know. Something about that was super helpful. Yeah. yeah. And I think it gets confusing when and she even said this in the show it gets confusing when you're looking at a dynamic like kids that are like they, right you know kids is difficult yeah but i think you're what you're you're the situation you're seeing with your parents is the same thing it's like there is a level of dependency that starts to creep in as our parents um health fails mm-hmm. in the same way that like birdie cannot wipe her own bum right like, yeah, yeah <laughs> the girl yeah, literally yeah. hollers for me to be yeah. like good job going poop you <laughs> yep, know yeah 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 um so that is but that doesn't mean codependency isn't showing up there it just mm-hmm. makes it harder to find because yeah. it's like there is dependency and also we want to avoid codependency yeah there is dependency yeah and also and also getting a nanny or, you know, someone to hiring someone to wipe her butt in the hours that you're working, <laughs> <laughs> like it's totally appropriate, but right. it can be hard to swallow that. Right. Still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Should we do joy? Yes. Let's do it. All right. My friend. Let's bring you joy right now. I already knew my answer actually before I thought. I just felt like it was kind of hard to articulate. Um, and I would like to expand on this more, I think, on another episode. But I have really just, um, it's been a like a whirlwind past couple of months. And I feel like I've really... Um, turned a corner mm. for my breakup and just all the change. And again, there may be another t- corner to turn. Like it's too early. There's still so much change to mm-hmm. come. So who knows? Like there'll be many corners to turn, but like 
I don't know if this is a joy. It doesn't feel like exuberant joy. It feels more just like deep humility. But I now see in retrospect, as I've turned this corner of like being in a really hard place and coming out of it and like being in a pretty, pretty okay space of love and possibility. And I don't know, I, there's all this like good stuff that that's coming and I can feel it that I've been held every fucking step of the way <laughs> and I really mean by like the people in my life mm. and you being one of them and then my family who received me when I was being a huge cunt because I was like <laughs> just a, a mess <laughs> and like my friends now Nicole and her amazing partner Will who are just like housing me as I like turn their house upside down because I'm all the shit it's just like the little and all of so many people and also like COVID coming in right at the same time to give me like like that mm -hmm. rest that I needed and just like um yeah lots of friends I think it's God honestly mm -hmm. is like what it feels like and I think back to the story and we're going to reference another episode that I thought was really beautiful share or nod this was from way back in the vault but she told the story about her daughter getting into a really bad accident and like kind of maybe possibly di almost dying. And she Cher had to like rush to the hospital to get to her. And she, she said something like, I just, Oh God, she said something about being held the whole way through mm. that whole thing. She's like, she's like, I just floated through the whole process. And she said it probably more eloquently than that. Um, but that really stuck with me. And then she told us this cool story about how that like happened mm -hmm. and it stuck with me. And I thought about that of like, Oh, I was going through this really hard time, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't need to be so scared after all because, like, God, like, never let me fall. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I don't know how else to say it. And so, yeah, I'm just so grateful. <laughs> Beyond grateful, like, very yeah getting choked up and also excited to see what's to come i mean and i and my very cynical mind was like i want to say this in case i die in a car accident <laughs> on my road trip because i have that fear and at least i have it on we'll record. play this at your funeral exactly then, if that happens exactly. i have it on record that i want my people to know i don't know that i'm like i'm living a, a, a that i've lived a beautiful life and then i appreciate it yeah mm. so <laughs> a very cynical thought but that is where my mind goes i love it and i love you oh mm. i'm really 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 happy that you are feeling um a bit of lightness yeah thanks yeah. too and yeah. you know, uh, i could I don't know podcast listeners are probably so sick of me and us like talking about how much we love each other and how and whatever but it has to be said like you have been like just such a um uh, what, do you, what do you call that like a steady consistent presence in all of this mm -hmm. that has a huge played a huge 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 role and so thank you easiest thing in the world <laughs> um my joy is 
My joy is silly. So I'm glad that I let you go first because yours was so beautiful and earnest. And my joy is that my kids are fucking bonkers and hilarious. So last night, Birdie has a really vivid dream sometimes. And so Birdie and Diddy, Desi both somehow ended up in our bed at the exact same time, which doesn't usually happen. And so we had to like, you know, snug them for a minute and then like brought them back. So I brought Desi back. Nick brought Birdie back. And as I'm talking in Desi, I hear Birdie like sobbing across the hallway, just like hysterical sobbing. So I go over to like, you know, see what's up. And she is beside herself because she's convinced that there's a crab in her bed <laughs> that is pinching her. Uh-huh. And she just like is like losing it. And to the point, and Nick's like, no, see, I got the crab. It's fine. I'll take it downstairs. And she goes, but then the crab. <laughs> It was this whole thing and to the point that I had to lay down next to her and then um, tell and like Nick had to go downstairs mm-hmm. to uh, ferry the crab outside. Yeah. And then as I was laying down next to Birdie, I had to like be like, don't worry, dad's setting the crab trap. So no more crabs <laughs> can come inside. She's going to believe in crab traps like until her forever. Until her, because the this, this was the best part was it that she woke up the next morning and like her first question was, can I see the crab traps? Yep. <laughs> and Nick, dad of the year, immediately pulls out like, oh, well, you have to keep them very hidden or else the squirrels will ruin them. <laughs> like didn't miss a beat. Yes, he was ready for that. He was ready. It was really great. And the whole thing too was just like, Birdie's bedtime antics cracked me up. I think I shared in the podcast how the other night she had a crying jag because she couldn't pet Cerberus, the three-headed yes. guard dog of the yes. underworld. She's just such a hilarious creature, specifically at bedtime. Yeah. And um, I I love it. I mean, I've been honestly, laughing about the crabs all day. I love it. Because then it came up again at night, tonight. She had like a bunch of questions at dinner. She was like asking Nick what he did with the crabs. And he was like, I brought them to the ocean so that they would be with their crabs. Like, I mean, this feels like some spiritual shit to me too, though. Like just like the visuals, the, like that she's able, it was like her imagination, like having just like a really open consciousness of being able to like just see. Oh, no. Shit. Oh, this was the other thing. So I'm telling British words. This girl is like bonkers tapped in. She... Also, this was the day that I cried all day about like grieving this chapter of motherhood, and the crab is the whole symbol of the mother. And that was the night that she had the dream about the crab pinching her. So, she, whoa, it's, yeah, yeah. And tonight we were at dinner, and for some reason I said something about worry and how like worry is um is not like it's a, it's a it doesn't it, we just give and give it doesn't do anything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but it made sense in some context. And Birdie looks up at me and she goes, yeah, the Earth game is supposed to be fun. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Did you like when she says stuff like that, you like stopping your tracks? Like- yes, because she was first of all, she said it with like a mouthful of shrimp oh, tacos. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like ask her three times. And then the third time I finally heard her. So that also adds to the hilarity. She goes, the Earth game is supposed to be fun. And I was like. I like got all teared up. It was like it is oh supposed God. to be fun. I, I want to get that like tattooed on my arm. The Earth Game, right? The Earth Game is supposed to be fun. And then later, I asked her. I said, "Freddie, who told you to? Who told you to say the Earth Game? Or like, who told you to say that?" And she goes, "The Earth." Wow. 
And I was like, oh, well, yeah, duh. Of course the earth is like, hey, dummy, this game's supposed to be fun. Why are you so stressed out? Dude. Sorry, I'm just like sitting in this because that feels like such a wonderful message for all of us. And also like when I meet Brittany in person, I'm going to like ask her for life advice. (laughs) I mean, you could, you might get a poop joke, but also. Also amazingly equally (laughs) awesome. You know, know, I love a good poop joke. That's true. true. Um, Um, That's really cool. Your game is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Maybe that's the name of this episode. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like there's something about the circle of life and parenthood and child. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we had actual topics of discussion, but yeah. Just- <laughs> um. All right. All right, listeners. Wow. We Again, I was so tired, and the fact that we've made it for this amount of time shows just how much I love talking to you. So, um, if you like this episode, <laughs> tell your friends about it. Tell your friends like subscribe leave leave a review i feel like our reviews have been a little bit it's been a desert recently so if you like the show let us know because we love reading about it and it really um just like gives me yeah something to look at when i'm in a bad mood (laughs) (laughs) i mean if that's not a good reason to leave a review yeah um Um, yes anything else tag us on the social medias follow us if you're not already is there anything else Oh, yeah. We want to be on your podcast. We want to be on other people's podcasts. So I think we make awesome guests. Hook us up if you yeah. know of a good connect. Yeah. And come uh, come be a villain with me. Oh, yes. Go do that. Uh, All right. Now I'm thinking I need that, too, because, like, villain era might include sometimes, like, I had to apply the same thing to myself. Am I ready to be a bad daughter? Am I willing and ready mm. to be a bad daughter? Ooh. Yeah. 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 All right. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.